You learn by doing, you learn there's different people have different approaches. Not everyone's gonna say yes to you, but when you have 75 media, you only need a few to have it be a real difference for your brand. Write the world-changing book that will help grow your personal brand and your business as it makes the world a better place. Welcome to The Author's Corner, hosted by Robin Colucci. Every episode, we bring you some of the most successful authors, as well as other industry experts, to share some inspiration, motivation, tactical strategy, and fun. We'll also talk about the challenges and trends in the publishing industry. Don't get stuck in the idea phase. Join The Author's Corner today. Start writing the book you've dreamed about. Hello, and welcome to The Author's Corner. I am your host, Robin Colucci, and today I have a very special show for you. Have you ever wondered how books like Chicken Soup for the Soul, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and Rich Dad, Poor Dad became the perennial bestsellers that they are? What if I told you they all have one man in common, and that guy is here with us today. For about the past 40 years, Steve Harrison and his brother Bill Harrison have helped authors, experts, entrepreneurs, nonprofit organizations, and public relations pros and others score more media coverage than you could even imagine. In total, their company, Bradley Communications Corp., has helped over 15,000 authors write and or promote their books. His clients have been featured in major media outlets like Good Morning America, The Today Show, CNN, MSNBC, The View, Fox News, Entrepreneur, New York Times, Oh, The Oprah Magazine, Time Magazine, as well as countless radio shows. How do they do it? Well, two ways. One is through Bradley Communications Publication, RTIR, which is short for the Radio, TV, and Interview Report. And this publication provides all the insider info you need to connect with the right shows at the right time. And the other way, and what we will focus on today, is through their National Publicity Summit. Now, this is a conference that they've been doing for about 20 years, and it just so happens that I attended one of the first of this conference and have been back several times with my clients because of the incredible opportunity that it delivers. This conference is where attendees have the chance to learn from and personally meet with top journalists and producers. So at previous publicity summits, participants have been featured on or in such media as ABC's The View, The Today Show, Parade, Fox News Channel, Dateline, NBC, 48 Hours, Family Circle, Parents, People Magazine, ABC Radio Network, Parenting, Health Magazine, Time Magazine, New York Post, Good Housekeeping, the list goes on and on. And so today, Steve is going to give us some incredible advice on how to get publicity, whether or not you ever attend his summit, right? But also, you're going to learn more about how the summit works. And I really encourage you to listen both as a potential opportunity to attend the summit, but also just listen to the things that he says and the advice that he gives, because 
the advice he gives on how to get the media's attention and actually get booked on some of these really big shows applies no matter what venue you use to create these opportunities. So get your pencils out, people, because this is going to be extraordinarily informative. All right, enjoy. So, Steve, welcome to the Author's Corner. Thanks. It's great to be here with you, Robin. Steve, I have been so excited to have you on because, as you know, we go way, way back. Yeah. I believe the first time I came to your summit, I think it was one of your first summits. Remind me, because I think I came around 2003. Remind yeah, I think me that's your first... You know, my brother and I are partners and he is always the super, he's the historian with all the, you know, he'll be listening to his interview saying, oh no, it was 02 or 03. But I think 03 is pretty much, you're right. I think you were probably at the first one. If you think you were, you probably were. That's sounding very close. If not the first, maybe the second, but it was very early days. And I remember I met Jill Lublin there, (laughs) but I just remember being so impressed with how well you delivered in getting people, not only getting people in front of the press, but probably even more importantly, preparing people to interact with the press. Mm -hmm. So let's start there. Because I was thinking about this and I was like, I bet you Steve Harrison has probably prepared more people to meet with the press than anyone else in the publicity field alive. (laughs) Because you've now been doing this summit for close to 20 years, at least. So let's talk a little bit about that very beginning of, because I think a lot of people skip some of these crucial steps. So let's talk a little bit about how does a person prepare to even approach the media? Yeah. Have a a book, for example, they want to promote. Right. And one thing we talk about later too, is actually the counterintuitive thing is you want to start doing interviews even before your book comes out, start building your following, right? Which would seem even harder because heck, if I've got the book written, then I know what to say. But if I don't, then, but here's the thing, whether the book is written or not written, wherever you are, you have what you want to say and you have your reasons for doing the interview. It may be you want to sell books. It may be you want to get coaching clients or speaking engagements or, and that's all good to know. However, what you, you know, I think most people are used to saying, my book, Robin, my book has won four awards and it is the definitive book on what to do if you're getting divorced, you know, or something. And it's like, okay, that's great for the book. But as Larry King used to say, he didn't even read the book. He would say, I can't interview the book. I gotta, you know. <laughs> and, and what they're looking for is what you're looking for, right? Is people you can have conversation with if it's radio, TV, podcast. It's really you as an author. What could you talk about? And so now that opens up a lot of different areas. So you can talk about more things than just what's in your book. And I think that's important to realize. So a big principle here is how do I serve the media? If you give the media what they want, they will give you what you want. And what do they want? They want a great show. They don't want a guest who's going to turn the show into a commercial and keep saying my book, my book, my book, but they want somebody who's going to entertain, give great information, help their audience. And audiences are different. Some Mm -hmm. want to shock people. Some want to inspire people. Some want to give people fantastic cutting edge tips or 
all those. So you need to know what your role is, but the encouraging thing is that you can learn to do this and the media need you. They need guests. They have shows to fill and deadlines to meet for articles and everything else. Yeah. And so we should share with the listeners a little bit about the format of the Publicity Summit because it is really unique and it's really special. So tell us about that. Yeah. I call it speed dating with the media. (laughs) I also call it the cocktail party that can make you famous because it's super organized. Mm -hmm. The idea originally came years ago, Book Expo was at the Javits Center, you probably remember. And I remember walking around huge convention, I mean, huge convention show with publishers paying a ton of money for booths. And once in a blue moon, a media person with a green tag would show up and they were just, they would stop everything. And they were just thrilled that someone from Good Morning America was there, but it was so rare. And they were looking and I would see these media occasionally wandering around And I'd say there really should be an event where the media are in the booths and you get to go up and talk to them. You know, they can't go anywhere, you know? (laughs) And as you know, I mean, a lot of my friends who are publicists in New York for major publishing houses, they have cocktail parties with these media. So they know them. And I go, you know, there's gotta be something to give the ordinary expert author, somebody who's got advice, to connect. And so, well, let's create it. So Bill and I talked about it and we said, okay, let's create this thing. We'll call it the National Publicity Summit. It was in New York. You came to one of the very first ones. And that's what we did was we give people, so if you're coming to this event, first we train you ahead of time. We do some role play. So yeah, that's really really important. Nobody's ready to get publicity, but you got to decide to get ready and not in a perfectionistic way, but you need to learn some things. And so we'll role play. What do you say to the media? And what we do literally is we give you, here's who's going to be there for this four and a half hour session. It's a series of four and a half hour sessions. We now do it on Zoom, by the way, Yeah. over two weeks. So there's six four and a half hour sessions, but each four and a half hour session has different media. And so, you know, if somebody was going to meet you, they'd say, okay, Robin Colucci, the author's corner, here's what she looks for. So now someone would meet you, have a few minutes by Zoom, just like you and I are talking, and they're able to say, hey, Robin, this is what I do. This is how I see that you have a show that helps authors publish and write and promote their books. You know, actually, I could share something really innovative that I've used in my book. So they're tailoring the part of their expertise that you learn to do this, the part of the expertise to you, just like I've never done the speed dating. I got married when I was just I was gonna say, tw- you've been married a long time. <laughs> 24, I turned just 24, but the marketer in me kind of wishes I had done the speeding. Oh, Robin, you like opera, I like opera. You like tennis, well, let's, you know. But I'm sure I wouldn't have liked it as much as in my mind. But the point is, the summit, this is why I say it's like a cocktail party, because it's organized, and the media are coming. Yes, they want to find guests. They have to find guests, but they also want to help. They want to give back to the industry. When I ask them what percentage of the time when people approach them, are they on target to give a good pitch? They say really 80% of the time people are off the mark. They're not good. Only 10, 20% of the time. So Mm -hmm. it's fun because we literally have somebody with each media with a stopwatch timing you, you get a few minutes, but over two weeks, And by the way, those are just a few hour sessions. Like there's three sessions that are four and a half hours 
each week. So it's, you can still get your work done and everything, but basically you do what sometimes is a challenge for authors in the beginning, as you know, and that is you talk about yourself and about what you, <laughs> <laughs> right? And as you know, owning your expertise and saying, because I'm sure you definitely, if you're, I mean, you've got clients where you're in, it's incredible what they've done you know, PhDs and cutting edge research, or they just got a great story. Maybe they don't have a PhD or anything, but they've just got a great story, but they don't own it, right? They're so worried about what people will think of them. And that's human. Yes. Well, the thing is, is you should focus on serving the media and saying, hey, I see you do a health show. Well, I can tell you about vitamin E and I can tell you about this. So what you're doing is you learn to create ideas. I call them show ideas. Mm -hmm. And that's a big difference is just give them a show idea, a story mm -hmm. idea that you think could help them. And so you, you learn to serve the media. It's a lot of fun. They're friendly. They're impressed. You got the guts to do this and they see you, they connect with you yes. so they can get a feel for who you are and your personality. And they say, wow, this Robin, she'd be great on my show. Yeah. And really, I mean, I want to just say, because the kinds of shows that we're talking about, I want to be sure our listeners understand you consistently have representatives from Ryan and Kelly and Rachel Ray and Dr. Oz and Good Morning America and The so, View and yes, I mean, you and Today Show and Today Show. big media, absolutely a lot of major media, 48 hours and CBS, ABC, NBC and major magazines and writers for the New yes. York Times and entrepreneur and things. And we have podcasters, we have a radio talk shows. So there's a nice variety. We have 75 media that you meet over that two week kind of Olympic time, right? And but we only have 65 attendees. So you're actually, there's more media than attendees. Oh, well, see, I never calculated that. <laughs> yeah, and that's, and, and that's because it's all about, we do a lot of training ahead of time, yes. you know, it's, but to get you ready, but it's really about you connecting with people. This isn't about you listening and learning, but learning by doing. And if you can know how to, see, here's the thing that most people don't realize. They think they should hire a publicist. Well, producers tell me all the time and they say to the attendees, I would rather as a producer or as a journalist, I'd rather hear from you, the author, mm. if you know what to say, if you know how to just present yourself in a decent way, not a perfect mm -hmm. way, but a decent way, because they're used to getting PR people call them and say, oh, this guest is fantastic. It's like a telemarketer who kind of overhypes the guest. Right. If they hear from you, they can see that back and forth. They can say, yeah, I'd like to interview you. Yeah. And then they already have some firsthand experience of you. They've already had a small conversation with you. So they have a much clearer sense of who you are and how you're going to show up. Yeah. And then what they'll say, see, the other nice thing is that most authors do not have any kind of media list to go after. And first of all, this whole event, we teach you how to get publicity even beyond the summit. I mean, I think that's probably right. why it's so life-changing for their career. Mm -hmm. But you leave the publicity summit with the contact information and the detailed info and the names of these 75 media that you've met. 
And often they'll say, hey, I really like your idea on how to find my soulmate. Can you send me a few points on that? Because I'm really interested. Or they'll say, I definitely want to have you. Please follow up with me. But you have now, you leave with a media list, you leave with new confidence, new clarity, new connections. And I find pretty much everybody gets publicity. Not everybody gets national TV. That's harder. Yep. But the experience, like Elizabeth Lombardo, she came to our publicity summit and she followed up. You know, she we teach people how to follow up effectively. And no one had to write like a three paragraph email to a producer and grab their interest. It's right. a skill that can change your career. Well, she got on the Today Show and she's a psychologist, got on the Today Show. And what happens is a lot of times when you appear the very first time, you're obviously nervous as heck, but she did a great job. And they say, hey, you know, can we have you back? Because there's different issues and things that come up in the news. And they've had her on, I know, at least 13 times. Oh, how wonderful. Yeah. So that's what you want to do is you want to try to become, whether it's a podcast, TV, radio, like a go-to guest that Mm -hmm. they can go to and have a number of interviews that you do on a regular basis. Because each time, as you and I both know, you're getting free airtime to talk about your topic and have people connect with you and ultimately buy your book or whatever it is that you're promoting. Yeah, and get that visibility and that gravitas of having been on the Today Show or whatever show as a repeat guest. So you touched upon something that I definitely want to make sure we don't skip over because I know I've been to your summit many times, as you know, initially as an attendee and then later as accompanying my clients. And they have, by the way, gotten wonderful results. So, but I know from being many times in the room that the follow through is a big deal. So let's, it's really everything, right? You can get all the yeses in the world at the summit, but talk to our listeners a little bit about the follow through. Yeah, you know, the in terms of following up, producers in the media tend to prefer, we ask them all the time, which way of contacting do you prefer? And the media still prefer email over anything else. And it makes sense because if they're shooting something or working on a story, they come back and yeah, they've got hundreds of emails in their box. But if yours says, met you at the National Publicity Summit, oh, okay, you know, it gets more of a priority. What you want to do is you want to give them, I like to say, just keep it short, three paragraphs, four paragraphs, give them again an idea because you've met them. So you've gotten a feel for what they like the most about your topic. And this is a big thing because, you know, you may be talking about negotiation and maybe you think you're going to, you might say, hey, I could talk about how to negotiate the price of a new car. Okay, how to negotiate with a car dealer. What do you think? And that'd be a good solid pitch. You're giving an idea for a show, right? But if she says, well, you know, actually it's wedding season. What about like negotiating with a wedding planner? Could you do that? And that's where if it's at all ethically and with integrity possible, you want to say, absolutely. Even if you could have (laughs) to do some further research. So then you follow up and say, hey, thank, great meeting you. Here are some ideas I could talk about, about negotiating in wedding season. And they'd be like, oh, thanks. I mean, you're talking her language, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a big key to getting publicity is send an email that's tailored to them. And it's a lot easier to do after you meet them. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also making me think of another piece of the summit, which I always find 
really interesting and entertaining, which is when you have every person from the media on a panel and you give them an opportunity to share their what they love about pitching and in what they really don't like to see. Yeah. Yeah. Some of their pet peeves. The first 30 minutes of every session, I ask each media person participating. These are producers, journalists, and bloggers and podcasters. I say, what is a tip you'd give a brother or sister who wanted to get publicity on an outlet such as yours? And it's amazing, just the best practices and trade secrets that they share. So, I mean, who better to learn than from the media themselves? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that it's so valuable if you're taking notes when they're sharing and you can make sure when you approach them and or when you follow up with them, which is so great because when you provide that list of the media in advance, mm -hmm. any attendee can know to listen extra closely to those answers, right? From Yeah, because like sometimes, because, you know, you'll learn a little something about them. Like I once, I very briefly met at an event. I mean, super fast. This person I knew didn't remember me. Years earlier, I had met a producer from CNN and I knew she didn't remember me at all, but I wanted to reach out to her and obviously get her attention and she you know they get hundreds of emails but i heard back from her within minutes because of what i put in the subject line so should i tell you what i put in the subject line oh please do. <laughs> <laughs> you know i wrote betsy are you still doing stand-up comedy now, now think about it she's going through her emails and you know blah 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 and everything else you know it's like you know and it's like whoa Who's this guy who remembers that years ago, like seven years ago, I was doing stand-up comedy and I just opened and said, Betsy, last time we met was at this event and we had a brief conversation. You said you were doing stand-up comedy. You're still doing that? Are you doing something else for fun? Listen, the reason I'm reaching out and I got into the business, yeah. I heard back within minutes. Oh, yeah. You know? That's so great. And so you learn little things about the people. You realize they're human beings. Mm -hmm. You know, they're people that are just got to find guests and and whatnot and but you learn things so if you're promoting a book let's say you're an expert on pets or dogs you could say to the media person do you have a dog oh really what type oh a german shepherd great well you know and so now you're having a person-to-person -person connection yeah. and then when you follow up your email i like to always put the person's first name in the email holly how's your german shepherd you know <laughs> And so, whoa, like, who's this? Oh, we met at the summit and you mentioned you had a German Shepherd. I'm the guy who talks about, you know, holistic nutrition and how to get your pet feeling younger and more energetic. Wow. You know, you're already like in when you have that personal connection. You know, if you weren't always doing such good stuff and such a good guy, I'd say you were an evil genius because that is genius, right? And what I love about that, I want to take a minute and deconstruct this a little bit because what I love about that is that's the kind of information you're not going to find in any directory anywhere. You're not going to find it on the website of the organization that they're with. You're not going to find it in their bio. Mm -hmm. So it really positions you in a very special way. I'd like you to elaborate, please. Yeah, I mean, it really does because everyone's favorite topic is themselves, right? You know, everyone's favorite topic is themselves. And by meeting them, by having some conversation, even saying you meet somebody at my publicity summit, Joanne, 
thanks for the brilliant idea. Well, who's not going to open that email? Like we all, <laughs> we're all going to, that's the first one we're going to open, right? And thanks for the brilliant idea. I met you at the publicity summit and you said I should focus more on how people can save money, how I help. And you know what? I went to the next meeting and I got booked. So thank you. Well, now, bro, wow, you know, maybe we should have you too. So it's yeah. just a really nice, fun, it's a lot of fun. Look, everybody's nervous in the beginning, but that's why beforehand we have a number of group training sessions where we have you role play, have you pitch, what are you going to say? And I also match you up with a former journalist or uh, producer one-on-one -on -one to just take you through what you're going to say with the media, create a, a media one sheet. So really in a couple hours of time, you're feeling excited. You go from feeling like scared, maybe, you know, but to just, hey, I'm excited. This is going to be fun. Now, I wanted to actually, it's funny you brought up the one sheet because I wanted to bring that up. I know back in the day when you had these in a hotel in New York, you know, people would have printed copies of their one sheet and there'd be these big bins where the yeah. <laughs> producers would collect them. Yep. So how does it work with the one sheets now that you're doing it virtually? So now we have a link that we give the media where they can see PDFs of all the one sheets. Mm -hmm. And that way, and it's interesting, you know, people are different. I mean, some people are, they want to prepare, they want to see all the one sheets of the people they're going to meet. And they might say, oh yeah, Robin, great to meet you. I've seen your one sheet and you know, mm -hmm. but others, ah, just talk to me, you know? They, they, you know <laughs> and I think that that's the other thing that's nice is you, learn by doing, you learn their humans, you learn their, there's different people have different approaches. You know, not everyone's going to say yes to you, but when you have 75 media, you only need a few to have it be a real difference for your brand, for building, you know, cause a lot of people, as you know, Robins, people Google you. And if they haven't seen any interviews of anything, that's not good. Now everybody starts there, mm -hmm. but I mean, something that is interesting that when publishers are looking to take on authors, I mean, I know this is what you did of looking at different authors. It's a lot of authors don't realize that those editors are looking for, well, how many media interviews have you done? Well, I don't even have a book out yet. Why would I be expected to do interviews? Well, nowadays you are expected. If you're, are you out there? Are you out there talking about this topic? And so it's a great way. I have people that come to the summit to learn. They realize I don't know anything. I want to learn. I want to make some connections. I want to start getting some interviews. That's one type of person. Then I have other people. Oh, I've done a lot of interviews. I've done a lot of radio. I want to get booked on national TV. I want to get more. And they come for that reason. And we've helped a lot of people get their first national TV appearances. So it's kind of cool, the gamut of experience that we attract. Yeah. And something, one of the reasons why I've referred so many clients to the summit is, you know, a lot of times I'll get somebody who's got decades of real expertise. And exactly like I know that as soon as that book proposal goes out to a literary agent, first of all, never mind the publisher, the first thing they're going to do is Google. And if you are nowhere, yeah, then your chances of getting the agent and then later getting the book deal are greatly reduced, let's just say. Yep. And something I love about your format is you can go from nothing 
I had one client who went from never doing a podcast interview to 16 yeses after your four-day summit that we were able to list in their proposal because they had been told that they're invited to do the interview and it would happen to be timed just perfectly, you know? And so we were able to elevate and of course they followed through and Mm -hmm. I don't know if they did all the interviews, but they certainly did many of them. And so, you know, it can really give you a way to very efficiently boost your visibility and your opportunities for visibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, even if somebody doesn't have a book, like Dr. Phil, everybody knows who Dr. Phil is. But when you think about it, when Dr. Phil first got publicity, he didn't have a book. Nobody knew who he was. He had nothing. I don't think he had a website for himself, but he was a psychologist and he was giving advice, working with a law firm, giving advice on picking juries. And one day Oprah walks in and he starts working with her. He's like, I want to have you on my show. And he was a really, really good guest. And that led now, oh, hold it. You know, literary agent reaches out. Hey, we'd like to publish you. Hey, Oprah wants to give him his own show. And that's a huge macro example, but it shows the power of starting today. You know, I used to say, used to be people would wait until the book is done and everything's but now it's important to actually get going as soon as possible Mm -hmm. so that you get better and better at it tim ferris is now a really successful podcaster as you know did the four-hour work week big new york times bestseller but what a lot of people don't know is he was getting publicity and building media connections before his book came out Mm -hmm. and it's really counterintuitive but it ends up helping you write a better book. I've had yeah. people where they're like, whoa, the media's really interested in my story more. Like I need to tell, you know, whatever it is, my story, mm-hmm. or I've, they really like this tip about how men and women are different. So I, I've got to put that in there. And yeah. That is so true to air out your ideas and get that on the ground feedback before you've written the book is super valuable. And I mean, I talk to people, I don't know why I didn't make this connection with publicity because I've told my clients many times, go speak in front of groups because you can see by their faces what you're saying that resonates. Of course, it's harder now that we don't meet in as many rooms actually, but still you can really tell what they're grabbing onto, but absolutely, of course, the media, right? Like out of all these pitches, which are the ones that the media is saying, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, when they're writing a book, they don't think about making their book mediagenic. Because, like, people would come to me early on and they'd say, Hey, can you help us get publicity for this book? And I'd hold the book. And of course, we would help them. But as I'm looking at the book, I'd say, Oh, I wish, gosh, I wish you had done like a top 10 list in here. Or I wish you had given people like a quiz in your, like, that would make it so much easier to get publicity. And you ideally, you'd like to have a book that accomplishes all that you want to achieve, but at the same time, have a producer or journalist just look at, hold the book in their hands and say, oh, wow, chapter three, like that would just be a great article here for our magazine, or that would be, I'm gonna interview her on chapter five, the 10 words that you know, are the most important in any relationship or something. I mean, it's like, whoa, the, if the chapters 
are hooks. And what I mean uh -huh. by uh, that, okay, this is really, this is top level stuff. You only get the nuts and bolts for your show, only for the author's <laughs> you know, the, the Only the, the really great nuanced stuff. I love this. You know, that is so brilliant because I'm listening. I'm thinking I have a top 10 list and a personality test in my book, but they're not chapter headings. It's not a chapter heading. So this is brilliant because what Steve has so generally generously pointed out to us listeners is that they don't have time to read your book. That's right. You got it. And chapters, you really okay. ideally would like your chapter titles to be hooks, almost like headlines of an article. Yeah. Right. Now, to be fair, you may have what you just described. Maybe it's a call out box. So if they're skimming, they see it in a call out <laughs> box. Okay, great. That also counts. But a headline somewhere. Yeah. And it just shows them too that you can speak in sound bites, but it also does something else. It makes your book more readable and it yes. gives you content to share. And it you're creating a book now that has more hit songs in it. Yeah. And it can go viral. Yeah. I love a mediagenic book. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that is really, really smart. So, gosh, we covered so much ground so fast. I have to think now. <laughs> so I know you have a summit coming up. We should probably talk about that. I do. I've got one coming up. I don't know when people are going to be hearing this, but I've got one in November and I've got one in March. We do it a couple times a year. And but November's coming up and it's going to be great. You know, we've got just a great group of authors, a great group of media. We get, I'm really so pleased. We get so many, 98% of the media just are, they come back again and again and again, you know? And with Zoom, we were a little worried like, well, is this going to now not be as good as face-to-face? -face? And what's interesting is it's been better mm. for a couple of reasons. Because now, first of all, you, the guest, you don't have to go to New York. You don't have to stand on your feet. You can be dressed up looking great and you can have your favorite fluffy slippers on and be comfortable, you know, from your set. And they see how you'd come across because a lot of media will interview you by Zoom. You're interviewing me by Zoom, right? right. Sometimes right. people will have video, even TV will interview you by Zoom. We had a husband and wife team get interviewed by on the third hour of Good Morning America recently by zoom you know and they just got tremendous publicity for what they're doing so it's pretty cool that the power of zoom you know the power of being able to not leave your home or your office and virtually connect with media virtually appear on their shows you're not paying anything for the airtime i was gonna say and the travel costs i had That's one right. client who came all the way from singapore to do your summit so i mean he probably would have preferred Zoom. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it's exactly. And you're also, you're creating, a lot of times people feel like they need, oh, I need to create more social media content. Well, let's say you get on a small podcast, somebody who's just starting, you'd say, well, is that worth doing? Well, first of all, you're going to get a video of you on a podcast, okay? Mm -hmm. Secondly, you can break that up. You can share the parts of that on social media. And if you start sharing and your friends start seeing you being interviewed, you know, things start happening. Like your friends who maybe weren't taking you that seriously and they see you starting to do some podcasts, they say, hey, do you think you could speak at our company 
on leadership, or I noticed that you're kind of an expert, you're branding your expertise. So yeah, it's what you're trying to do is get a snowball going, mm-hmm. you know, a publicity snowball. Because once people see you on podcasts, or you know, over time, the, you get more and more requests, more and more interview requests. I mean, Robert Kiyosaki, I often tell the story where he came to me and he had a thousand copies of his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, in the garage. He had self-published it. They had hired a PR firm and gotten like very little, like a couple college radio stations. And he said, hey, you know, can you help us get publicity? So we started putting him out there to the media and he would get on radio shows and he was good guest. You know, he was really good at, he likes to say, you got to draw the line in the sand and dare people to step over kind of interesting strategy right so he's really good guest and they'd say where's your book available he said my book's available everywhere his book wasn't available anywhere you know (laughs) but but he knew that people would start asking for it and doors Uh would open and we helped him sell his first 250,000 copies he became a new york times bestseller as a self-published book one of the very few ever yeah that's right that's right so it's a warner about the rights to the book and now he sold well over 35 million copies but where did it start publicity it started by the willingness to do interviews and you probably noticed this too that the big famous authors were never they never had an attitude of oh i'm only doing the big national shows they started talking to anybody who would interview them because they I'm knew kind they, of thinking, I think Jack Canfield has a similar, right? You totally. Know? Yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit about his journey. Cause I know, well, you know, yeah. Well, they came to us with chicken soup for the soul, he and Mark, and they had interviewed Jack had interviewed other best-selling authors and he M Scott Peck with the road less ah, traveled had yes. said to him, I think the reason my book has been on the New York times bestseller list for however long it was like 13 years, years or years, yeah. years, years, he said, is I was committed to averaging at least one media interview a day. And so Jack was and Mark were like, okay, what can we be doing to continually be getting interviews? And so they heard we still publishes a magazine called Radio TV Interview Report. And we started running him in there month after month for over two years. Now, see, a lot of times authors would do it for two or three months and say, I'm done promoting. But these guys, no, no, no. They're like, we are constantly, I mean, he has his book, The Success Principles. He's still promoting that book well past the 10 year mark here, you know? Right, right. (laughs) But I think that's the other thing is Mm -hmm. that as authors, you want to ideally be set up where your book, and I'm just saying things I know you're telling them, you know, is, but I get to be the industry expert to echo what you're uh, no doubt telling them on podcasts and things because what is your book leading to is it selling your speaking your coaching your consulting your workshops well you want a book where you could be regularly talking about it even while you're writing the next one and keep promoting because you'll change more lives that way and and people will buy your other things yeah and that's so true and you brought up a really important point that i want to also make sure to highlight because so many people especially even if they started promoting their book a little bit before it came out, but you know, three months after the book is out, they're like, well, I promoted my book and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So they stop. Yeah. And unfortunately, also many publishers, most publishers don't invest in publicity more than those oh. initial months. No, right. They're on to the next, but that's right? because that's really 
they're making money off backlist books. They're throwing mud up against the wall to see what sticks yeah. and what gets lucky. But Jack, you know, I do a retreats with Jack Hanfield a couple times a year, and he loves telling people he, and with real pride. And because it's true, he says, we didn't hit a bestseller list until 13 months in. And we were regularly doing interviews. And he said, most people, his favorite quote is most people un overestimate what they can do in a year, but they underestimate what they can do in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> and so even doing like podcast interviews and things, even like, you know, there's a, I often say it can make you immortal because what happens? People love a podcast. They start binge listening. Oh, well, who, else, right. who else is on here? And so they may hear an interview with you two years later. And they're like, oh, I love this guest. So you're planting seeds. And I often say to people, look, if there was a group talking about your topic, because sometimes people say, well, I only want to do national TV. Why would I do this new podcast? Or, you know, that's mm. just, well, hold it. If there were a workshop with 75 people who are really interested in negotiation like that, they're all getting together talking about it. And that's your topic and you can drive across town and talk to them and at the end tell them how to buy your book and everything else would you go would you go across town and talk to them if you're smart you would you know they've gathered they're interested in your topic and that's what a podcast allows you to do it's often a niche you know so if you've got a book on breast cancer well a lot of breast cancer related podcasts and uh -huh. it's a christian author a lot of christian podcasts so there's a lot it's really exciting the way there's so many more media than ever before. So many different. And I want to plus what you're saying, because it's like, well, would you drive across town every day of the month <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> to yeah. pick up more people yeah. who are hearing the message? Because with the podcast, like you said, it's there, it's out there, it's evergreen. Yes. And people can find it. And, and you know, I also want to add too, because I'm a New York Times bestseller list geek. So I literally follow the New York Times bestsellers and I look for patterns. And so I can tell you exactly, you know, 80% of all New York Times bestsellers have eight syllables or less in the title. Wow. Just, just a little throwaway. Good. Well, we're really getting, the se we're really unleashing the secrets here. Oh yeah. So we're, Robin is in full <laughs> geek now. Love it. But one of the less frequent things that I see, but it's consistent, is the books that you see that are on that bestseller list year after year after year after year. Like I said, I haven't quantified this, but I've observed this. This is more of an observation. Often are the road less traveled ones and the chicken soup for the soul and the you are a badass where that author promoted that book consistently for months, if not years before it ever got on the list but then it stayed on the list yeah. for years and years and years. And it takes time for a book to get its legs. Yeah. I mean, you know, Ariel Ford once told me, you probably know her, you know, she's a publicist for Deepak Chopra. And I interviewed Deepak Chopra years ago, and it was very clear in talking to him. It's kind of like, what's your secret of how you became known? And basically, he was willing to go speak to any group for free that would have him because he's passionate about the topic and it takes you're trying to create word of mouth and you're trying to get a snowball going now what's also cool is like i said people can hear you 
and book you for coaching, consulting. There's a lot of different ways the publicity can pay off, not just book sales. You oh, know, for but, sure. <laughs> you know, people say, hey, I heard you. Could you keynote an event for us? Or could I hire you for one-on-one? -on -one? You're a nutritionist. I'd like to work with you for like half a day. What do you charge? And you might say, um, I don't really have it, but you figure it out. You quote them a price, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's exciting. Yeah, it really is. And I am also an advocate of that. Like, do not write a book so you can sell books. <laughs> yeah, you, That should be the little extra pocket change on the side. <laughs> yeah. Make it a brand building tool. And exactly. also a key to get you on, because if you're working on mm. a book and you're the author of an upcoming book, or you've got the book done, more people now want to interview you. You can go to the media and say, here's who I am. I have this expertise. I'd love to be on your show. And now, I mean, I've had people, it's just incredible the difference. I've had so many people say, I get letters, I get people thanking me for the interview I did. I've had people say, I had somebody who said, thank you. You don't know this, but I was about to take my life until I heard your story. I mean, wow. and hmm. people, it's an intimate, intimate form of communication when people are driving their car or going for a walk or gardening, listening to a radio or a podcast or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine you've probably seen, because podcasting has really exploded. How have you seen that reflected in the composition of your summit? Because I noticed yeah. that there's- We have more podcasts than ever before. We yeah. do because of that. And I think that's been really good. You know, mm -hmm. it's just been really good. And I appreciate you've recommended some really good media as well. So I appreciate that. Oh, I'm glad that's worked out. Absolutely. <laughs> so, all right. So with the little time that we have left, I would love for you to share with our listeners, because I believe you have some special gifts I, that you'd I, like I, to I, offer I, to continue to offer some value to our listeners. So. Yeah, I know you've got people that are really, you know, serious about being more successful authors. So I've got some tools that be happy to give people for free. I'm going to give them three sample publicity pitches. So if you'd like to know, hey, if I'm emailing a producer, what should I say? What should I do? You're going to get three sample publicity pitches, uh, one that got an almost instant response from the Today Show. I will also give people what I call formulas for fame. I did a manual a while back, 501 proven hooks and headline formulas. This could help you make your book more mediagenic. This could literally fill in the blank headline title creator for all kinds that you can use it for content, but you can use it when you're coming up with a hook for the media. And we also have a training that we recorded that I'll give people access to. And I did it with four veteran TV producers, one from ABC, CBS, NBC, people that are book guests for national TV, you'll learn how to increase your odds of getting their attention. So those tools, people can just go to getmajorpress.com forward slash tools 34589, tools 34589. So it's getmajorpress.com forward slash tools 34589. And the reason I put that number, and this might be a little tip, is when you do an interview, you'd like to track who came from where. Right. And I know you're going to want to know, so we could, you know, you're probably going to do something special for people or, you know, whatever. So this allows <laughs> you to track, you know. 
getmajorpress.com slash tools34589. And that would also, you'd get on my list, you'd find out about the summit and different things we do. The other thing, if you just want information about the National Publicity Summit, then go to getmajorpress.com forward slash info 34589, getmajorpress.com forward slash info 34589. And I think that I just want people to own their expertise, what you know now. You know, so often people are looking at what they don't have. I once had a, an expert on ADHD who was scared before he met the media because, you know, I never got my PhD. I was very close, but I didn't. And now he felt like this is literally the day before the summit. And I said, well, how many kids have you helped? Oh, I've helped over 100 kids, you know, and deal with their ADHD without medication. I said, okay, well, tell that story. Own that story. You know, own the expertise you do have. Right. And, you know, here's the thing. I mean, if you have grown vegetables, I know nothing about growing vegetables. So if you come on and talk about it and get me interested, wow, you're my expert, you know? So people are looking. It's been said that you don't need a new message, but the world's looking for new messengers. And I think that's just, you know, important to embrace that you have wisdom, you have stories, you're unique, you the way you talk about what you do is going to matter. And it takes some faith to trust that there will be times when you're like, who's really going to care about my story? I mean, there's so many people out talking about, but not you, not with your perspective, not with your energy, not with your, you know, you're spending time thinking about this topic doing the research, you've got something to share. And, and I think that's what I know I love about helping people see, boy, this is really, I had a guy who literally said, I don't think my story matters. Uh. And before he got the book even published, we had helped him land a TEDx talk. He got over 2 million views mm. and it, the book became a bestseller, you know, but you have to go through those seasons of doubt It's just part of the course. Yeah, it's get out of your own way, right? And I think you're right. There is that faith that I always tell people, I say, if you feel that inner calling to share your story or to write your book, it means you're supposed to do it. Yes. Not everybody has that. I know it seems hard to imagine that not everybody on the planet thinks they should write or has that urge to write a book, but a lot of people don't. Yeah. You're right. What does it say about you? How many people around you, if you're listening to us talk about this, I mean, how many people do you know who are working on a book on your topic and wanting to write it down and put it out there? Not many, right? It's a very special thing. And mm-hmm. one of the things I noticed in your bio, Robin, you have a, I think, is it a master's in spiritual psychology? Yes. Uh huh. Very cool. So we're going to end on the high note here, you know, but <laughs> Seriously, I think that spiritual approach, I do feel, not everybody feels this way, but I feel like connecting with your spirituality will really help you in life and business as being an author. And the word confidence means with faith. Mm. And we tend to think about that's faith in ourselves, and okay, but it can be, you know, faith in the divine. So I definitely agree with you. I think it's a calling for Many people, they see it that way, and that's a good thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it definitely helps to have faith in a higher power as well as 
our personality level selves. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, even if you just want to make a million bucks and you want to do the book, <laughs> learn how to do it right and get the tools. Absolutely. Well, Steve, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Oh, you know what? There's one more question. It's my signature final question. What did I not ask you that you would love to answer? Wow. Put what did you not ask me? That you would love to answer. Probably, you know, I think, have I ever had anybody who I couldn't get them publicity? Great. And the answer is, while I've had some people where I couldn't get them on the show they wanted, or I couldn't get them as much publicity in the time frame as they wanted, I haven't met anybody who couldn't get publicity. I mean, sometimes people just have unrealistic expectations, but I know I've really seen that anybody can get publicity if you learn how to do it, and you learn how to focus on what you want. I mean, my hardest client to promote was myself <laughs> because I was doing something. I'm a Shakespeare freak and I love Shakespeare. That has nothing to do with, you know, what I'm, no one knows me as any kind of Shakespearean actor. I had played like, I had three lines in like Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> but long story short, I went and I actually auditioned for a community theater of Hamlet. Mm. And I was so passionate. I'd memorized all the lines, threw myself into it, and I got cast. And, you know, the thing is, I'm like, guys, this is the greatest play in the English speaking language. People are going to come for miles and you tell them you're doing Hamlet and you could hear them. They're like, come on, who's really going to come see you play Hamlet? And they were very right about that. And but I said, we got to get publicity, got to market this thing. Yeah. And I went to the Philadelphia Weekly because that's what all the artsy fartsy people read. I got to get in there and they weren't interested. Huh. And then I said, you know what? Let's, and I gave him a different angle. And then I got featured huh. and we sold out and ran for 10 performances. And I often say to people that, you know, it was a full house. Well, what's your full house? You know, oh, I love it. <laughs> so I had no credibility. I'd never done it at all. And so whatever you're feeling, if you're feeling like you don't have the credibility or you don't have this or that, just get going and serve the media. Well, this, what a reward I got for asking that question. That was, <laughs> what a wonder, my listeners can't see, but you can see I'm smiling so wide, my cheeks are starting to ache. So <laughs> I guess on that note, I will thank you, Steve, so much for this incredible value that you've shared with us here today on The Author's Corner. Well, I really appreciate being with you. Thank you, Robin. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of The Author's Corner. You're one step closer to writing the world-changing book you've dreamed about for years. To access today's show notes and other helpful resources, simply visit our website at theauthorscorner.com. A positive review would be appreciated. Until next time.